As winter's rolled in, many of us are getting cabin fever because we just don't go outside as much. But so are your dogs. So on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about things you can do with your dog to help with cabin fever. Let's get into it next. Let's get this week's episode going. Hey, everybody, this is Jake from On Dog Training Academy, and you are listening to the Learn, Laugh, Bark podcast. So excited to be here. As we roll into 2024, we are going to be restructuring how the podcasts are laid out. So we're going to be breaking it down into basically four different categories every month, one a week. And the first one we're going to be leading into is your monthly challenge. Now, this is going to be something that could be simple or something that could be a little bit tougher, but I feel like having a challenge and motivating you to to try and do something with your dog really helps just keep you motivated, keep your dog motivated, keep everything rolling. It increases the bond. And in this week's episode with this challenge, it's going to make not only your dog happy, but I think you as well. And what the challenge this week is going to be or for this month, I should say, is going to be, is exercising your dog five times a week. Now, that sounds daunting, and you might go, I just don't have time for it. I'm going to explain some things you can do that I really do think you'll be able to make time for. Now, it is January. It is getting cold. I think here, the temperature right now is like 20 degrees, but looking ahead, it's going to be dropping to like highs, literally highs in the negative like two. And so it's going to be very cold and it can be hard at times to get out and do things with your dog. You know, who wants to stand outside and play with your dog? Who wants to, to go and, uh, travel to a dog park? Who wants to do any of that stuff when it's that cold out? And if you do go somewhere, there's probably nobody else around because it's just too darn cold. And plus there's safety issues and everything. So we need to make sure that we are doing things still to get our dog physically exercised. And it might be taking them outside, but being very managing about our time and being able to effectively do it quickly. Um, Or it could be some stuff we're going to do inside. So that's what we're going to be talking about this week. And again, this is going to be your challenge and this isn't going to be just a challenge you do for just the week. My hope is that I, or for the month, my hope is that I challenge you every month to do something and you just add it to your toolbox of things you do or could do with your dog. So with that being said, the first thing I like to talk about when it comes to exercise your dog is some big questions, right? First is why is physical exercise so important? Well, to me, it's pretty obvious. I mean, I think to most people, it's pretty obvious. If a dog has a bunch of built-up energy, if we, as people, have a bunch of built-up energy, we can be more irritable, we can get restless. Like I said before, you can get cabin fever. It's the same stuff with dogs. Now, restlessness and irritability and stuff when it comes to dogs comes across as maybe being more reactive, maybe getting into trouble more. Uh, Maybe your dog is is not feeling like they had enough uh, exercise, physical exercise output, and so now they're looking to do things that are going to maybe keep them a little busy, jumping on the counter, chewing on things they're not supposed to play and keep away, 
behaviors you don't approve of, but these are things that typically happen when dogs just aren't getting the proper outlet that is required for them. And we could always go into what, you know, breeds and breed specific, you know, energy outlets. Well, you know, you don't have to do as much with a basset hound. But with that being said, every single dog needs good physical exercise. That is just fact. Not only for their mental, you know, of course, but also physical. Like we don't want our dogs to to have terrible muscle mass. We don't want our dogs to be overweight. That leads to shorter lives. And we don't want that. We want our dogs to be with us for as long as possible. And so that's why physical exercise is so important. And we need to make sure we're doing it correctly, in my opinion. So another question that people ask is like, well, doesn't walking, I walk my dog every day, does that count? And the answer to that is sort of, it sort of works or it sort of counts. And, you know, so if you're walking your dog every day and your dog is a very physically fit dog, how far are you walking? Let's say you walk a mile. How much panting is that dog really doing? Physical exertion is that dog really doing in that mile? Sometimes it just doesn't do much for them. And when they're walking, in my opinion, when they're walking, they're using the same muscle groups over and over and over. And yeah, repetition can obviously lead to muscle exhaustion, but I just don't think the way the dogs are built, I don't think walking your dog really gets energy out as much as you think. Now, if you have an older dog, absolutely. If you have an overweight dog, yeah. Those are those walking is certainly a good thing to start. You don't want to have a dog that's very obese or very old and say, hey, we're going to go and climb some mountains and stuff and it's going to be great because obviously that could be a safety issue. But if you have a typically healthy dog, I would recommend doing some other things instead of walking. And what this means, the nice thing that you can do with this is it allows you to have a shorter amount of time. You don't have to walk a mile. If you want to, you certainly can. You don't have, you can still bring your dog with, but you don't have to walk your dog. You could go outside for 10 minutes, 15 minutes and still get that same energy outlet output. And not only that, but you're using way more muscle groups. So take fetch, for instance, you're throwing a ball. Now I love to throw balls that maybe don't bounce perfectly straight. Maybe you're throwing like a Kong or something. You throw a football, something like that, because when that ball hits the ground and is bouncing kind of away, your dog has to cut and move and lean. And they're using not just the regular running, walking muscles. They're using muscles where they have to drive and turn and stuff. So they're, they're exercising muscle groups that maybe don't typically get exercised. And it's just going to make them a more fit dog. So fetch is fantastic. Another thing you can do outside, we'll start with some outside stuff, obviously, is, you know, swimming. Now, again, where we live, there's snow, it's cold, it's crappy. Swimming's not an option. But I understand that January sucks for us, but it doesn't necessarily suck for everybody. So if you're able to get your dog into some water, cool. If you can find an indoor pool, there's some places that have indoor dock diving stuff you can certainly tap into. Swimming is a really nice low-impact sport for your dog or exercise for your dog that's going to physically exhaust him fairly quickly. Swimming around in the water for 10-15 minutes typically is enough to really get a dog satisfied for the day. Um, So just kind of keep that in mind. If your dog's not used to swimming, I do recommend you can either get a life vest for them to help them or be out there with them and just sort of help them along. Uh, Another thing you can do outside is hills. If you have any sort of hills around, if it's a sledding hill, if it's just a grass hill, play fetch up and down that hill. 
the exertion, the, 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 the physical exertion they have to give by going up hills and the muscles they work by in their thighs by driving up the hill and then coming down the hill, they have to use front muscles to sort of slow themselves down. It's a really good exercise. Also, in the, in the context of hills, snow hills. So this is more up my alley. So like last year in December, at this well, last year in January of this time, we had record snowfall and it was insane. My I plowed I plowed my driveway and the snow hill the snow mound in my driveway was probably I would say about eight feet tall. It was crazy. But it was great because I could throw a ball over the top of the snow mound. My dog would jump over it and get it and come running back. And he's plowing through this deep, heavy snow. And you can just see he is working every muscle in his body to get to that toy and to get back to me and to jump up on that hill and to jump off that hill. And it was just within 10 minutes of being out there, he was tired. He was done. Um, and that's, like I said, when you're, when you're looking at things, when it's as cold as it's going to be here, when you're looking at things to physically exercise your dog with, Time is important because frostbite's a thing. Dogs' paws get sore after a while, you know. So if you're going to do anything outside, you want to optimize it by making it quick. Let your dog out. Have them go potty real quick. If you need to, bring them back in to warm up. Then go back out and play. And if you don't feel like you did enough, bring them in to warm up for 10 minutes or 5 minutes. Go back out and play again. And while you're inside, there's things you can do as well. So obviously, um, tug of war, I personally love playing tug of war with my dogs because you're using neck muscles. They typically don't get to use a lot. You're using their jaw muscles. You're using body muscles that are just going to be worked really well. And they're very intense when they're playing tug of war. So I think this is a great exercise. And obviously I personally let dogs win at times and then they bring it back to me and it's just a give and take kind of thing we do. But tug of war is a really good exercise to do. Another thing you can do is stairs. So whether you have six stairs at home or you live in an apartment and you have stairs galore, and this is really good for apartment stuff, take the stairs up and down, especially up when you have your dog. This is going to tire them out. If you live on the fourth floor, how many how many sets of stairs are you doing? Eight at least? So take advantage of it, right? Like do stairs. At our place, we have a split level. So stairs consist of going up, up one set, down the next step, you know, and just kind of going back and forth. And it's just a good way to exercise your dog when conditions outside maybe aren't uh, that great. So with that being said, guys, this is the challenge for you for the month of January. Get your dog out and do exercise with them five days a week. Now, you could do Monday through Friday and then get the weekend off. Or you can say we're going to do Saturday and Sunday and Monday at work is pretty tough. So I'm going to go ahead and take Monday off. And then we'll do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, whatever, like you can pick when you do it, but let's try to get your dog exercised five times a week for 10, 15 minutes at a pop. You know, if you're interacting with your dog at all during the day, you can take the time to just do a little exercise with them. What's the best thing about all of this is that a tired dog is going to be a lot happier and a lot less likely to get into trouble, which I think is so important. Our goal is always to keep dogs in homes And one way we do that is through getting a good exercise plan down for them. Because if a dog is tired, guess what the dog's not doing? Getting in trouble as much. They just don't have the energy or the desire to do it. They're satisfied. They're happy. And thus, we're happy. We're satisfied. So everything is great. So make sure you get out or stay in and exercise your dog five times a month. This is your monthly challenge. This is the, we're going to do one in February. We're going to do one in March. We're going to do one every month. I'm going to have a new challenge for you. This is your first one. Exercise your dog five times a week or more. And uh, if you want to, you can certainly share it on, uh, we have uh, Instagram. We are on Facebook. 
we are on YouTube. Feel free. We do have a community in YouTube as well. Feel free to share comments, take pictures, whatever of uh, you and your dog doing your thing. So thank you guys so much for listening this week. Next week's topic is going to be a whole nother thing. Like I said, we're breaking it down into four different uh, groups. So every every week we're going to have something different, and I'm extremely, extremely excited for it. Next week we're going to start talking about some training tips, and then the week after that we're going to have a segment called Why Do Dogs Blank? Why do dogs do what they do? And we're going to talk about that. And then the week four we're going to have a success story of whether it's a dog or a handler and dog team. I always like to end the month on something positive, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to end with some really cool success stories. So, guys, that is it for this week. If you find this helpful, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Like I said, we're on YouTube as well. Subscribe to that as well. But subscribe wherever you get it. Like this video. Leave reviews where you can. And it's just going to help us get our message out more because we just want to help as many people and dogs as possible. That's always been our message, and that's going to continue to be our message and our life goal. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. And as always, we'll see you next week. Good dog.